0: Welcome to This Seriously Sucks, the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. In these interview episodes, people who've been through major traumas and events that derailed their lives talk about times when they didn't want to go on and share how they did. All our guests are at least 10 years past their big this. They keep it real, pull no punches, and share what they wish they had known when they were in the middle of their this. Now, here is your host, the author of This Is Not The End, who knows what it feels like to want it to be the end, Nina Sossaman-Pogue.
1: Yes, this is the right podcast when life goes seriously wrong. And I'm so glad you found us. Thanks for sharing some time here. On this podcast, we talk about the lowest moments of highly successful, successful people, the major life events that rocked their world and how they got through them. We call those big moments in our lives, this is, that's the title, this seriously sucks. We can all learn from other people's stories of resilience. This, this season we're also weaving in some post-pandemic strategies because we know the last few years have been really tough on a lot of people, and we have a fantastic guest uh, as we are in jumping into Pride Month, too. So, so many cool things to unpack with her. Uh, today's guest is Erica Allison, Reverend Erica Allison, uh, a friend of mine. That's the title that I would use, but she's also carrying the label of a queer interfaith minister, author of a bestselling book, Gay the Prey Away really great. I actually read it finally a few weeks ago, so thanks for giving me a copy. Uh, She's an engineer, a former teacher, a rejection survivor, and she inspires audiences to embrace the the challenging people in our lives. We all know who they are. Think in your head right now, you know a challenging person, and those situations with less stress and turmoil through an acceptance-first mindset. We'll unpack that today. Erica, thank you so much for being with us. So excited to be here, Nina. Thank you. So fun. And I should also share that she is one of the co-founders of Inclusion Speak, which is a collaboration speaking group that we put together. We do a collaboration keynote, a group of professional speakers coming together from a diversity, equity, and inclusion um, standpoint from a lot of different angles. So we do have a couple of projects going together. So it's really funny. If you like,
2: yeah, if you like our chemistry, it's because we do this. We, we go on the road together.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we sort of know each other. <laughs> <laughs> So I like to start, Erica, with the success part to share, you know, some of your resume, author, had success, an engineer, you've done a lot. Um, That sets the stage for talking about why folks turn it, tune in. And that's this darkness part. And I'm assuming having survived things in your own experience at one point in your life, like many of us, you've been at a point where you just didn't really want to be here or couldn't figure out how to go forward, couldn't see this bright future that you have. Um, Let's start there. Share a a dark place and then we'll unpack the rest of your life from there.
2: Yeah, so important because you're right, like in our our current Instagram lifestyle, it's really easy to think that everyone has it all figured out and you're the only one who's struggling or suffering and um, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, as an engineer, trained as an engineer, I was trained in the understanding that you can't have the successes if you haven't had the failures. So I think the more we normalize this conversation on failures and darkness and difficulties, like just the better we're all gonna cope as humans. So thank you for offering this podcast and for the question. So let's talk about me. (laughs) As you say, Nina, enough about me, let's talk about me. What do you think about me? (laughs) Enough
1: about me, what do you think of me?
2: (laughs) So, so yes. So really my signature story, my core wound, if you want to use that language, um, you know, I grew up in Texas. I grew up in a very loving household in Texas, um, also a religious household, Christian household. And um, when I realized as a teenager that I am gay, uh, there was a little bit of trouble with that. There was some conflict there. And really the, the dark point was the moment that I came out and it wasn't a it wasn't a coming out like a like a hey everybody I'm so excited to tell you all this it was like an outing like I was outed um, my parents discovered things they got suspicious and they found out and then they asked me the awkward question and Nina you love when I say this so I'll say it on the podcast you know they called me into the kitchen and I'm sitting at the at the dining room table and there's this weird silence in the room and they're they ask me like Erica we have to ask you a question it's like so somber and they're like are you a uh, huh? and like they couldn't get the word out like ha huh. Homosexual—it's
1: just so cringy. It's so
2: cringy. It's so cringy, and and they were cringing when they said it. It's just—it was just awkward all around. And um, and and you know, I really panicked in that moment because this was in the late '90s, and if anybody remembers that time period, um, Matthew Shepard had been murdered for being gay. Um, You know, the Westboro Baptist Church was picketing everything they could picket with all their signs that say "God hates fags," and churches were really making this a political issue. And taking sides on the issue, and so it was really up in the media. Ellen had come out fairly recently, and that became a hot button issue. So just everything was up for for the queer world at that moment. And so I knew that this was not going to go over well. I could feel it. And and um, the way I tell the story is, you know, I waited to see if I if there was going to be positive acceptance or like rejection on this. And and in the silence, my dad chimed in and he said, "Well, Erica, if you are, we need to talk about this and, and see if we can get on the same page." And I was like, "Oh, that could be an opening." But, you know, my mom swoops in and says, Rick, what are you talking about? She's gay. We're sending her off to live with Aunt Marcy. We can't, we have to get her out of this environment. And so it was very clear where everyone stood. And, you know, we went on from that moment to the church because that's what you do when there's tension in the household and you don't know what to do. So the pastor weighed in on this. The pastor made it very clear that, you know, a good girl like me shouldn't be doing things like this. Um, This was out of alignment with God's desire for my life and God's plan for my life and that's not who I am, I'm not somebody who would want to be out of alignment with with God, because I'm such a good kid, right? So um, all of this led me to conversion therapy. And this is really a dark, the darkest, probably one of my defining dark moments in in time is having a family that I always felt love from, do an action that was in a twisted way motivated by love, it was because they loved me that they really wanted to, quote, save me and rescue Mm -hmm. me from this but it was so harmful. So like this mixed message of love and, and harm or love and pain and rejection, but like acceptance, right? We accept you with this, but if, if not this, then we don't really accept you. And where does the line fall between love and acceptance and what is really love? And can you really love somebody if you can't accept them for who they are? Like all of these questions started swirling around in my head and the pressure of, you know, being under the microscope of so many people wanting me to change um, and really getting worked up about it. And I don't, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to your podcast are, if you like the term empaths or sensitive people or people who feel things, right? Like we feel Mm -hmm. other people, we can feel other people's emotions, right? Um, So I was feeling all that. I was feeling the disappointment in my parents. I was feeling the panic, actually. My parents were in a state of panic and I was picking all that up and it was so painful to hold that. Not to mention my own emotions of what I wanted. I couldn't even get <laughs> to those because I was too busy feeling everyone else's fear and panic and anger and sadness and disappointment. So I caved in that moment and, and um, I decided to try to be what they wanted me to be. I decided to try to be straight, and I went off to college making this declaration that okay, fresh start. When I go to college, I'm going to be straight. And as I look back at this time in my life, um, you know, of course I had all the feelings of abandonment and alone. This whole community, the only community I knew, I'm now, you know, I'm either, I do what they want to stay in or I break away and I become completely ostracized and abandoned. So there was a real uh, in, intentional touch point there that was, was tricky, not to mention the abandonment that I did to myself.
0: Right, And that's
2: the lowest, right? Like I, there was a moment where I basically said, okay, I know who I am, but I'm going to abandon that for everyone else. Yes. And I think, I think that's sometimes we do that in our own way. And that can lead to some of the darkest places, because if we abandon ourselves, what's left? You know, if someone else abandons us, okay, well, we have some resilience to, to dip into, but if we abandon ourselves, what's left there?
1: Yeah. When someone else abandons you, you can plan a future without that person as hard as that is and plan yeah. a future. But if you abandon yourself, you can't plan a future without yourself in it. So that's exactly. very difficult.
2: Exactly. And that's kind of where I was there, um, you know, kind of struggling with who am I now, because I don't identify with this person that they want me to be. And the person that I do identify with, I'm not allowed to be. So who am I? And that's a spirally place to be.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and a scary place to be. And it gets really dark. And when you can't find a way forward, that's comfortable, like, yeah. and not even comfortable, that that is possible. Like you yeah. can. not I mean, I just want Fit in with God. I want to fit in with my family. I want to actually have friends. I actually want to fall in love. Like all the pieces that you wanted, yeah. it, there was no place that you could see where that was all going to be possible. So,
2: well, not you, to mention that the path looking forward, like looking at the future from that place, when you're standing on that ledge and you're looking at the future, it's like, okay, is my future going to be, and I tried to date a boy in college. This is relevant to the story. I tried to date a boy in college. And we went to one party and it was just the most awful experience. And then we kissed once and we both threw up. And that is not a joke. We literally <laughs> both threw up he was drunk, and I was gay. <laughs> so oh, he was drunk. Dying. You said, <laughs> yeah, he was drunk and I was gay. Um, but, but like, then I was looking from that perspective, is this what my life is going to look like? Am I going to try to be with some man and fake that my whole life? And what does that even mean? And how miserable will that be for 10, 20, 30, 40 years? I mean, there's a hopelessness that comes along with that where, it's almost like, mm, that doesn't seem like a life. Maybe just piecing out of here is a better option.
1: So was there a moment or how did you get out of that really tough spot to move forward?
2: Yeah, it's been a journey. Um, I can't underestimate that. But one of the key turning points was, thankfully, 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 I went to school. I went to college in a more liberal area than the area I grew up in, in Texas. I went to college in Austin and I grew up in Dallas. Got so in, in Austin... I was walking down the street as a college student, and I saw a church, the same kind of church I grew up in, with a gay flag hanging outside of it. And that was the first time I had ever seen that. I had ever seen that those two things could coexist, because everything I had been told, including the therapy I had been told through, had told me that those two things are complete opposites and can't coexist. So it was like in that moment, new possibility, You know, new things are possible. That This impossible choice that I thought I had to make that felt like, it wasn't even worth making, um, now disappeared. And it was like, oh, wait, so some people see this differently. And there is hope that maybe somebody can be both and this isn't a choice.
1: Yeah. You know, we don't know what we don't know. And that's one of those things when we're in those moments that years later, we can look back and go, oh, how did I not know that this whole other world was there? You know, Um, the other piece is you can only learn what you don't know. And if we feel like we already know it all, then we can't learn like that there's other things out there. So, um it's very other difficult perspectives
2: too like you know sometimes we're only getting the perspectives of what we're surrounding ourselves with and it's really easy to have filters on that on those perspectives yeah and so well, i think one of the keys here is being able to get other perspectives because there are other ways people look at the world
1: yeah and as much as i think sometimes that uh, social media and instagram can be bad for our mental health it also is now a place where young people who were in your situation could learn and find that there are other opinions and perspectives out there. There is some positive uh, community that's available uh, in the the Pride space, in the LGBTQ plus community online that probably wasn't there when you were young. Oh, it's massive.
2: I mean, I remember going into AOL chat rooms to try to find my people and it was just creepy and weird and Nowadays, I'm actually on the board of an organization called Beloved Arise, and it exists mainly as a social media presence, but also, uh, you know, as, as on the ground programming to help youth, especially queer youth of faith, ones who grew up in churches or religious settings, know that they are loved by God, depend- regardless of what those around them are telling. them. So yeah, if that would have existed when I was when I was around uh, when I was a kid, it would have been a life changer.
1: Very different. But today, whether uh, someone listening maybe in the, in the gay community and find Beloved Arise or find other support, they still get in those dark moments. Or maybe someone listening is just listening out of curiosity, maybe to learn more about the, the gay space or lesbian lifestyle or whatever. You never know what people tune in for. People oh, are sure. interesting. Or maybe someone's just tuning in for
2: the in. lesbian lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Call me.
1: Um, and then some people, though, may be listening and thinking they're going through their own thing that has nothing to do with this. And you have a concept um, that I love uh, on ex- an acceptance first mindset that is much bigger than just um, acceptance when it comes to maybe you have someone in your life who is gay or accepting your own you know, sexuality or your own gender um, You have this acceptance-first mindset that really, I think, is helpful in any situation because we all deal with difficult people. We know who those people are in our lives who just don't understand us, whether it's when we've got all of the uh, political stuff going on. I mean, everybody is uh, taking sides and and has strong opinions about that, it seems, these days. But there is this uh, concept you have I want you to share because if you're listening and you have someone who's just difficult, just shut down and does not want to see the world the way you see it, or even accept you they're hurting themselves and hurting the world in general. Share some of your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, totally. And you know, I think the place I want to start on this one is with my book, my story obviously is rooted in my experience being gay, but what I'm touching on with this work is something that I call identity harm. And identity harm is this idea, and I think it's very universal. This is not unique to the gay community. It's very universal that at some point in our life, messages were put on us that are not who we are. So this could be something like you know, you're not smart enough to be a lawyer, right? Or it could be, you're too fat for that swing, right? Like there's these messages that get hurled on us, even though they say sticks and stones will break my bones, but words won't hurt me. Not really true, the words hurt. And where they hurt the most is if we internalize them. And that's what happened with me in conversion therapy is that I started internalizing messages that there was something wrong with me, that who I was, wasn't good enough. And that's when the harm happens because now my identity is locked into a fake belief, a false belief. That there's something wrong with me. So I'm now moving through the world, believing that there's something wrong with me. And so what do I do? I overcompensate like crazy. Like a lot of us who have experienced identity harm are very successful people. And the reason we are is because we're trying to prove that we're good enough, right? Exactly. It's a real twist. It's a real twist. And so I'm thinking if you have successful people listening to this, I know that's who's listening, um, you know, reflect on this because it might be something that happened to you as well. The messages themselves are are one thing, but whether we internalize them and make them our identity is the other thing. And that's when it gets harmful. And so this concept of identity harm, the question is always, how do we break out of that? How do we, when we've taken messages in and lock them in and let them become part of our programming and the filter that we see the world through and the way we see ourselves, how do we unpack that? If we become aware that, oh, wow, that message that I'm not good enough or that God can't love me as, as I am, that's not mine. That's not who I am. That's not real. That's not my truth. So how do I get rid of that voice in my head that keeps trying to tell me that thing, even though it's not true? And this is really where this kind of acceptance first mindset comes into play. Mm-hmm. And it's a, you know, I, I feel like one of the things that hurts us as humanity is our natural nervous system response to things that are foreign is fear and resistance and protection, right? Like that's just from us being yep. whatever. Fight, flight, right. fight, fight or flight. Like, right, fight or flight, yeah.
1: Or or stay yeah. still, yeah, or freeze. Right,
2: like like our nervous system doesn't say hug first. <laughs> hug is not the first response for our nervous. It's
1: not the default, unfortunately. Right. <laughs>
2: not the default response. Although it, I wish it was, and I think it can be. So <laughs> so we have these things working against us. But here's here's the interesting thing: when you go into a rejection first mindset, right? Like let's just say that's the default is the rejection first mindset. I'll do this on stage sometimes. If you if you were to take your hands and put them out in front of you, like as if you were trying to stop a train, pushing. right? Like you're pushing against something, right? Like if you just hold your hands there for a minute and you can really feel, yeah, if you're watching the video, you can, you yeah. can see it. You can really like feel that tension in your arms. Like if you're really holding your arms straight out at a 90 degree angle, holding against something or pushing in the air, you'll start to feel energy building up in your arms. You'll start to feel tension. You'll start to feel soreness. You'll start to feel tense. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when we go into rejection. It's not just in our arms. The arms are the way of feeling what that's, what's going on in our bodies. But when we go into that place, we have tension all through our bodies. We tighten up our nervous systems, contract, everything is contracting. And if you think about that as a long-term just way of being in the world, our bodies aren't meant to hold stress like that. You know, Mm -hmm. our bodies are made to have moments of stress and then release. But when we're just constantly in a state of, oh, I don't like those people or, those people make me angry or I don't, I can't be with those people. They, they stress me out. Like that constant. They're ruining
1: things. Oh yes. They're they're ruining. They're ruining the family. They're ruining education. They're ruining like that, that fatal, like never going to be okay. Always. Yes, our society is
2: going down the toilet because of those people, right? Like when you're in that state constantly, it's putting a toll on your body. It's like taking all of that pain that was just in your arms for doing the arm exercise and spreading it throughout your entire body. Like talk about inflammation, anxiety, depression, chronic pain and illness. Like it's all, you're making a condition in your body for that
1: stuff. They're holding on to it and they're, they're the ones that are angry and not accepting and they're hurting themselves.
2: That's, that's the point I try to make when I try to switch people into an acceptance first mindset, because if you can lead with acceptance and there, I have a, a little acronym for how to do that. But if you can lead with acceptance, you're creating an environment in your body that actually is helpful to you rather than harmful to you. And this can be taught, like you can adopt this mindset. It's, it takes some conscious effort, but the, the acronym I use is WTF, um, which is so great. It's so great. I love yeah. it as an acronym. And the reason I I tell people the reason that's WTF is because you know the feeling. You know when you've run into a group of people that you don't particularly like or somebody that rubs you the wrong way, you know one of the thoughts that flies to your mind is WTF. Yeah. Right. Yep. WTF. Right. So if that's gonna be in your mind anyways, let's use it. Let's use it as a helpful acronym mm-hmm. um, for, for making some progress here. So so the WTF, the W stands for wake up, and the wake up is basically this realization that you aren't in control of those people you can't change them and you wishing it was different doesn't do anything it doesn't make them go away i'm a gay person and if you don't like that your wishing it was different doesn't actually make me disappear i'm still here i still exist (laughs) so you might as well wake up and realize that you have less control over these things than you realize Mm -hmm. and you're choosing to be anger or hateful or rejecting doesn't help it doesn't change anything if somebody rejects me it doesn't make me less gay <laughs> i'm still just as gay yeah it's just that you are now holding some anger and rejection in your body and it's harming you so that's well, and double. you've
1: done the hard work to make it you know, like not a part of you now there's some people listening they're like but it hurts when people don't like me so you've done the hard work and there's a lot probably people listening who are like yeah but that's so hard just it does and it's we should hurts. accept that that it's not it's not easy but it's reality it doesn't yes. have to hurt you
2: That's right. And it it does, it still hurts me. I still have a thin skin. I told you earlier, I I feel everything. So it does still hurt me. It still makes me sad if somebody doesn't accept me for who I am. But the difference is I I know that if they're choosing not to accept me, they're just altering their own reality and causing themselves suffering. Like it doesn't change the
1: fact that I'm still here. Right. And you're pretty fabulous. And they should accept you because you're fun. (laughs) I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, come (laughs) on, people. She's awesome. (laughs) Right. So that's
2: the W. The T is to, um, to tune in. It's really like feel your feelings um, because the, the number one reason that people reject or, or try to disappear from something or try to hide something or make it go away is because it feels uncomfortable in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so this whole thing about if we can get more comfortable at feeling our feelings, it's amazing how quickly the discomfort can dissipate. Um, someone did a study, a, a researcher at Harvard did a study and found that in 90 seconds, an emotion will actually pa- pass. It's just, emotions are just energy in motion. That's what emotion, energy in motion stands for. Yeah. So they're just, they're just in, move, in movement. So if you have an initial reaction of anger, if you can just be with yourself for a second or fear, oh my gosh, that person has like, they look very, very gay and strange or whatever. I feel afraid of them. Now, if you can just be with that feeling for one second, rather than trying to make it go away, just feel it and let it pass and don't attach stories to it, then you're going to realize in about 90 seconds, oh, I don't actually feel fear for that person anymore. In fact, they kind of seem cool. So right. that can happen, right? That can totally happen if we can have a little bit more awareness of our emotions and have a little more tolerance to be with ourselves when it gets a little tumultuous in there. Um, it's amazing how much freedom we can find by doing that. So then the F is about the flow, so we got better at feeling we learned that we had to wake up and and accept that we're not in control of everything and things exist. But this thing about the flow is really interesting because to me, this is the motivation. Now, how you know you you've probably all felt that flow state at some point in your life where you're just you're in it, it feels good things are just happening you don't even know where the creativity is coming from, but you lose track of time and space and it's just this beautiful blissful state. Well, the same way we talked about those arms being up and blocking, like ha- holding energy, that's the same thing that's happening with the flow of life coming at you when you're in a state of resistance all the time. So if you, can, if you can let go of resistance, move into acceptance, you'll be able to be in the flow of life better. You'll be able to just ride the waves of what's going on. And it's much more of a blissful experience than if, if you're like, imagine a river where you're just trying to like hold that river back. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work and it doesn't feel good. It's a lot of effort for no reason. So this allows you to be free to be in the flow. And you know we talk about sometimes this, this binary between accepting and rejecting and or approving and disapproving. And that is one of the biggest barriers is feeling like, oh, well, you know, but I have to hold my ground here. I have to make a stand that I don't approve of this thing. And so I have to, have to be on that. Well, the interesting thing is like when you're stuck in this binary of, okay, these are things I approve of. These are things I don't approve of. And I'm gonna ping pong back and forth between approve and disapprove, approve and disapprove we're really just stuck in a, in, a, in a binary. Like we're not free to move beyond that binary. We're not free to move out of agree, disagree where our whole life is run by whether we agree or disagree. And what I'm challenging people to do with an acceptance first mindset is step off of that. Step onto kind or curious or open or in wonder and awe. I mean, there's so many other things you could step into that are off of agree, disagree.
1: Yeah, I like the idea of curious. And I think that that language always is good when you're talking to someone like, aren't you even curious? That that helps with the conversation. Uh, you always talk about um, understanding and accepting are different. So maybe someone does not understand if you're gay or if you're trans. A lot of people are having the trans discussion right now. That's a big, big part of the conversation in sports and in other things. Um, and sometimes the understanding gets in the way of the accepting. Uh, and I think that you the way in which you share that's really valuable
2: yeah it's it's one of the biggest discoveries i've made um, when i talk to people a lot of times they're like oh but i just i just can't understand why how a man could be attracted to another man or i just can't understand how somebody would change their gender it's it's really fascinating and they let that be the block to even including those people in their in their zone of compassion or their zone of friendship or anything because they don't understand. And I guess what I invite people to do is what if you could drop the the understanding for a minute? Like, what if it didn't matter if you understood it or didn't understand it? Could you go around that? Could you go to accepting and seeing those people for who they are? And then maybe your your understanding will come. Maybe it will grow over time as you become more familiar with the person and their situation. So don't let that be a block, which is what a lot of
1: people do. Yeah. And you could take it to really something really simple. Like, I don't like cheese. I don't understand how people like really stinky cheese that smells like feet and they actually eat that. Like, I don't, but I'm going to accept when I'm sitting at a dinner that someone may order that. And I, you know, that's really simple. I can't understand how anyone would think that tastes good, you know.
2: Exactly. But you're also probably not going to go lobby and pass laws to try to keep people from eating stinky
1: cheese. Right. Can we just break it down and make lead with hugs and just let people do them?
2: That's it. That is the moral of this whole podcast is lead with hugs. And we're out. And we're out.
1: (laughs) Well, before we're out, uh, I do want to throw um, my three questions that I always go to. But before I get to my final three questions, um, you've obviously done a lot of work. You have done a lot of um, you know, cathartic work and, and, and spent the time uh, figuring this out. And now you're helping other people figure it out. When, so this was when you were a teenager or in college when you, yeah, you know, made this decision. Over 20 years ago. Yeah. So at, at what point did you feel like you were over it? Because like, mm-hmm. people sitting in a dark moment right now are like, when do I get to be over this?
2: Yeah. Be over it is a really interesting concept. I don't think it's real. I don't think it's a real concept. But what I will tell you is that there are layers and you're gonna get breakthroughs at different layers. Um, and every time you get a breakthrough at a different layer, it's so freeing and it feels so amazing and so wonderful. And you know, you're know, you gonna be in that state of, of freedom and bliss and more possibility and more expansiveness, but then you're gonna bump into another layer. I mean, literally a week ago, I was in a conversation with a coach of mine in tears. And she said, well, it makes perfect sense that you would be feeling upset right now because of what you went through with conversion therapy. And I found myself having this reaction. I said, oh my gosh, I am so sick of everything being about conversion therapy. I can't, I I just can't accept that this would be still because of that. And luckily, like you said, Nina, because I have done a lot of work, I caught myself in that moment. And I realized like, wow, that was a really judgmental and not compassionate thing i just said to myself like talk about leaving myself no space to be and to heal and to be human so when i discovered that i realized like okay there's another layer there's another layer i need to heal on this topic of something that happened so long ago so it doesn't mean i've been debilitated my whole life i mean i've gone on to have relationships and uh career and to do passionate things and to create in the world so um, you know, don't take my message of you're never over it to mean like you're never going to move forward in life. It's not that at all. It's just that their layers continue to surface as we get the opportunity healed to
1: heal deeper and deeper. Yeah. And, you know, I find uh, I have similar things and, you know, from a trauma that I went through and people who listen to my podcast know my story, but I still don't like carpool lines. I don't like parades Parades with children. I find myself every year at Halloween wanting to like stay inside and not look at children running through the street. Like I have my own things that I think, wow, it's been all these years,
0: <laughs> you know, and nearly so. 20
1: years. I should be able to be more tolerant that this is just the world that I live in. And uh, I have to manage my own emotions and my own feelings towards that, you know? So and we I all think have-
2: that's where the compassion is the key, right? Like if we can continue to hold ourselves in so much compassion, because what we went through is hard, like right? Right. we've all been through hard stuff.
1: Well, and speak to yourself like a child, like if someone else was going through this, you would go, hey, totally could understand why that's that. Why don't we go do something else? But we don't do that to ourselves. We want to power through or be strong or exactly. something. No,
2: or, or just like make a decision or make a demand that that is done. I'm done with that in my no, life. It doesn't, doesn't work, work that way. That way. Yeah. No,
1: And so give yourself some grace is, is always yeah. a good thing to say. All right. Well, let's finish up with our final three yeah. questions. Uh, the first is what would you say to your younger self? If you could sneak up behind little Erica, Mm. sitting in your room with all your basketball pictures and the picture of your coach that you had a crush on sitting there, Uh I know your story with way too well. If you could whisper in her ear, what would you say?
2: Yeah, I think I would tell her, continue to be yourself. Just be you. That's why you're here. You're here to be exactly who you are. And, people are going to try to tell you otherwise, but don't listen to them because that's not the truth. The truth is you are here to be exactly who you are and we need your little light to shine in the world.
1: Nice. Nice. All right. Next question. One thing, you know, now that you Mm. wish you had known then, and you can make "then" whenever you want, you can put it there or college or wherever.
2: Mm. You know, I think this concept of abandoning myself is one I learned over time. And I do wish I knew it then because I think I would have, I think I would have been less apt to do what everyone else wanted me to do if I would have known how important it is to stay with yourself and not abandon yourself. And so that has, that's been something I've learned over time that now I'm really diligent about is no matter what situation I'm in, how can I make sure in this moment, I'm not abandoning myself and then let the cards fall as they may. Um, But that's the key.
1: Got it. And then one thing our listeners can do today, the third question, one thing our listeners can do today to help them get through whatever their own this is that they're dealing with.
2: Mm, yeah. I always go to my body for this, which is interesting, especially if you've, had, if you've had body trauma. I don't know if this will be comfortable for you, but sometimes I just like to put my hand over my heart and get quiet and get still and just feel it beating, feel it pumping and feel that lifeblood pulsing through my body. Because there's something about that, like nobody can take that away from you, that is in you, that is your force That's your energy it's your, it is your lifeblood. And sometimes it's very anchoring and grounding for me when I feel like I'm swirling with things going on in the world or I can't make sense of something or things aren't going the way I want them to or I'm hurt for something is to just go back put two hands on my heart. Drop into that space feel that livelihood and that pulsing and realize okay, I do have everything I need. I do have all the strength that I need to get through this.
1: That's excellent. I've never heard you say that before. I love that. I love that so much. You've never asked me that question before. I know. We keep unpacking more and more about each other. Well, thank you. We could go on all day and keep unpacking more fun things. Maybe we'll have you back on again. But thank you so much for sharing this with us. And I'm sure that some of the things that you said are really resonating with our listeners today. So can you tell us how they can uh, follow you, support you, get in touch? Absolutely.
2: Um, I'm on Instagram at Rev Erica Allison. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Those are easy ways to get in touch with me Um, and feel free to send a direct message. We can chat. Um, You know, I do some coaching work and I lead some retreats to help people really get free of these things. So um, be on the lookout for ways that we can work together.
1: Excellent. I'll put that in the content um, that goes with this podcast as well. Also put a link to your book there if people are interested in your book. Um, it's called Gay, the Pray Away, which is yes. just so fun. Love that um, it's a great title. Well, thank you so much, Erica, for spending this time. Thanks to everyone for listening. It is when we talk about the really tough stuff that we all get stronger together. So whatever you're going through, you've got this. The you, 10 years from now, is counting on you to keep going. Thanks for joining us.
0: This has been another episode of This Seriously Sucks. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Nina Sossaman pogue and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org.
1: For more resources or to share your story or to get a free copy of my book, go to mythis.club. There is a whole club of folks out there who want to help you get through this.